Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. How many of us can say I'm happy, I'm living my best life? Even prior to the current pandemic, many of us were stressed out, overworked, tired, searching, but never quite finding a healthy work balance and work-life balance. And most importantly, time out for ourselves. Now, although we're living in very challenging times right now, this period of lockdown and restriction has given a lot of us time away from the hustle and bustle of life before and has given us time to focus our attention on the little things in life that make us happy. Well, my next guest is on a mission to make us feel happier, so much so he's devoted his life to it. He is first and foremost a practising GP, but he is also among the first medical professionals globally to be certified as a diplomat of the International Board of Lifestyle Medicine now. He adopts the lifestyle first approach to prevention and treatment of chronic disease. He established the Lifestyle Medicine Be Well Clinic in Waterford. He's the author of two books, one of which is called A Prescription of Happiness, The Ten Commandments to a Happier, Healthier Life, and the Men's Health Book as well. And he's also an in-demand keynote speaker. I'm delighted Delighted to have Dr. Mark Rowe with me from Monday Motivation. How are you doing, Mark? I'm great, Sinead. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Not at all. Now, first of all, you're a doctor who spent lots of years studying medicine based in scientific mm. fact and evidence and all that sort of stuff, where if a patient takes this pill or that, it'll cure that ailment. You have this background, but you take a very, very different approach in how you treat your patients. So what led you to adopting this lifestyle approach to treating us? Well, thank you, Sinead. I mean, first and foremost, I am a medical doctor, so I'm a scientist at heart. So anything I talk about has to have a good evidence base. And I'm willing to stay open and explore the possibility of anything having uh, a potential good for us, uh, and as long as it doesn't do any harm. But there has to be a scientific evidence base to back it up. So that's, that's the first thing to say. I suppose, look, about 12 years ago now, Sinead, we had a horrible financial crash in Ireland. And I was seeing so many people who were really, really struggling, uh, lost jobs, fear of losing their homes. Uh, you know, it was really, really awful stuff. Very young people, like people in their early 20s who didn't have financial commitments, families, mortgages, etc., generally emigrated if they could. And But there was a lot of people who were trapped, trapped with negative equity, trapped with uh, unemployment, and, you know, people, I felt people I was seeing, they really needed a sense of hope. They needed more than just pills or Prozac, even though sometimes medication can be fantastic if you are feeling low. But I think people needed more than that. And that's when I began to really use uh, skills and strategies that I'd been really researching for years. Mm. And this whole idea of really getting to know yourself better, the idea of, of keeping a journal 
being able to write write down some things you felt grateful for, tremendous way to boost inner fulfillment, uh, using your journal to reframe uh, setbacks and challenges in your life through the lens of how can I grow as opposed to what have I lost. And looking at, I suppose, positive psychology, which many of your listeners may have heard of. It's, it's really a strength-based approach to living, uh, focused really on what's, what's strong rather than what's wrong. In other words, what's going well in your life, what's good in your uh, in your makeup rather than what, what the problems are. So it's, it's kind of tr- inverting it, uh, turning turning problems on their head and looking at, well, what's, what's going well, what are your strengths? And I began to implement these uh, in my practice with patients on a daily basis and I began to really see evidence of improvement. I saw how people were able to really deep dive deep into themselves and, and rediscover who they were, more of a sense of purpose, um, keeping a gratitude practice, becoming so beneficial, reframing life's challenges. And, you know, really, I suppose more than anything else, Sinead, over mm. all the years I've been a doctor, I would say that the one thing I've learned more than anything else, um, and the first thing I'd say is, you know, that I've learned so much and continue to learn so much from many of my patients. I mean, I, I think that people can teach you so much if you're willing to sit back and listen and learn. And some of the people I've learned the most from and continue continue to learn from are people who haven't had any formal education per se, uh, but they're very wise in life experiences. I call it the university of adversity. I love and, that. <laughs> you know, yeah, and I really think that, uh, you know, that's how we can all become wise uh, is to actually learn from our own experiences and use our own experiences life, in life as an opportunity to grow. And it's certainly what I've done myself in, uh, many times over the years when I've experienced adversity and I've experienced hardship and experienced setbacks is I've tried to use these as an opportunity to grow. But I think what I have learned, as I said, Jane, more than anything else, it's how interconnected everything is. Okay. Uh, and, you know, when I went to medical school, that wasn't something that was on the curriculum, really. Uh, and in fact, there was really nothing about a healthy lifestyle or exercise uh, as a great way to boost your mental health or good nutrition or restorative sleep. There was nothing about that, really. It was very much an illness, disease orientated um you know yeah way of learning obviously yes and I mean that that was it so you became schooled in that as a doctor Uh, but I began to realise and appreciate that everything was really so connected and and you couldn't really start thinking about uh, mental health unless you also thought about physical health and emotional well-being and someone's sense of purpose knowing that who they were mattered uh, their relationships and also the environments that we spend our time in so really appreciating how interconnected everything is was a game changer for me. I mean, this is very, this is very, this is, this is nothing new, to be mm. honest. This is a very, very old wisdom. I mean, there was a brilliant uh, Chinese uh, wisdom guru called Lao Tzu. Uh, he's the guy that said, you know, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Um, many people have heard, will have heard that a lot. Yes, absolutely, days. yeah. But he wrote this very famous book called The Tao Te Ching about 2,500 years ago. Uh, really about the essence of, of a of a meaningful life. And it's all about simplicity. It's all about um, being kind and compassionate to everyone, uh, including to yourself, and uh, staying humble through it all. And, you know, th- th- these are beautiful uh, words to read and reflect on. 
Particularly uh, now, because, you know, it's we're, we're talking now. about things, you know, that cheer us up now or that we take, no. you know, that we think are important. It is all simple things, Mark. It is things like, oh, my God, I, I you know, I really took hugging people for granted or seeing people for granted or, you know, it's that connection that you're talking about. It's all bringing it back to simple things. Whereas before all of this, we were too busy running around, racing to the next thing and uh, we weren't taking time to stop and smell the roses as such you know but um, there was one thing that I, I, I saw your TED talk online last night I highly recommend people by the way check this out um, uh, your TED talk it reveals an awful lot but you start off by telling a story about a patient I think you call him Billy and you yeah. use a measuring tape and as an example to get your point across can you tell us this story a little bit of this story uh, because I think it has a, a big impact yeah, so Bill, Billy, and thanks, thanks, Jenny, that was a TED Talk I did in UCD a couple of years back. And, uh, you know, I, I, there's a great saying, what gets measured gets improved. So I like to use the idea of the tape measure. And, um, you know, if, if you get a, a tape measure and, and you cut it at what age you are now, okay, that's the first cut. And then secondly, um, cut it at the age you think you're going to live to be. Now you've got a much smaller piece of tape in your hands and then make a final third cut uh, based on how much uh, sleep you get a night. So if, if you get about eight hours sleep a night, you, you'd cut off less uh, than if you only get maybe six hours sleep a night because obviously lack of sleep is very detrimental for your long-term health and longevity. So anyway, the idea is that you you start off with a big measuring tape, but you, but you end up with just a very small Yes, and I, and I use that with with Billy because not his real name, of course, because because it was really to try and encourage Billy to really focus on what mattered in his life because he was he was he was quite burnt out at the time, and he really was uh, he was you know he was really searching for purpose, mm. and when he did that tape measure exercise, I just said to him, look, Billy, that's all the time you have left um, because life is not a dress rehearsal. I mean, Confucius put it very well when he said, we all um, have two lives and our second life starts the day we realise we only have one life. (laughs) You know? And And this uh, is, and and when you hold the tape up uh, and this stark reality, it is kind of a little bit of a a kick in the gut a little bit, but I know exactly what you're trying to do. You're trying to jolt uh, Billy, let's say, into action, into kind of leaving that sort of negative spiral behind. And this is something that you had to do as well because something very significant happened to you and specifically to your practice in the very early years of your career, didn't it? Yeah, you're right, Sinead. I mean, we had, we had, we were, we, 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 about a year after setting up, we were victims of an arson attack. And I got the, I never forget the day I got a knock at the door very early one morning. And, uh, you know, a you, Mark, rode the doctor. And I said, yes. And they said, you better come quickly. Your practice is on fire. And I remember getting dressed and just feeling numb. And I rushed over there. And, you know, the fire brigade had already done their stuff. And, uh, there was smoke uh, billowing and uh, all I could see was my livelihood, everything I'd worked so hard for going up in smoke in front of my eyes. And mm. I remember it was over a shop, Sinead, right across the road from a, 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 in a working class neighbourhood where I grew up in Waterford, right across the road where my parents still lived at the time. I remember a few hours afterwards I was able to go up the stairs and I'll never, forget, as long as I live, I'll never forget that smell. Anyone who's ever been in experienced a fire that smell of sort of uh, charred wood and, and smoke. And, uh, you know, it was really, um, 
it was really, it was devastating on one level. Now, nobody got killed or injured. Mm. So, and we had so much to be grateful for. But, you know, I took that fire personally for a while. And, uh, of course, we dusted ourselves down and got back on track uh, in a nearby premises. But you did, you did have an awful lot of anger at that time, didn't you? Like um, yeah, anger and, and stuff. How did you, when did you have that light bulb moment then when you said, hang on a minute, this is not getting me anywhere, all this anger, all this hatred towards the people that did this to my practice. When did you start to shift things? I suppose it took a few months, to be honest, because I was hearing all sorts of stories every day about all sorts of ideas about who, who had done it or whatever. And, and the truth is nobody has, was ever convicted. I mean, CCTV had found uh, three or four guys going in with balaclavas, and uh, so it was. It was a deliberate fire. It wasn't sort of an electrical fault or whatever. So I was consumed with sort of why me and and uh, all this kind of uh, would they come to my home next for whatever reason? I had. I mean, I had no real enemies in the world that I was mm. aware of. You know, I had no sort of big uh, things out there. But uh, eventually, I learned that you know. I had a choice. I could keep on. I could keep on feeling sorry for myself, or I could choose to let let, let go of the fire. And uh, and I went and I went and spoke to somebody. Uh, I mean, I'm a great fan of counselling, cognitive behavioural therapy, um, because that can allow us to to see things a little bit differently, and reframe our thoughts and beliefs through a more sort of more realistic mindset. So it was more sort of an evolution than a sort of a light bulb moment. But I, I realized that I could choose to, to let go of the fire and move on. And, and now I can honestly tell you, Sinead, you know, 20 years later, I can look back on that fire and say that it was one of the best things that ever happened to me professionally. It taught me so much about resilience, uh, that how, how resilient not just that I am, but how resilient we all are. And, and uh, do you think because, you know, we are going through, I suppose, let's call it a metaphorical fire, I suppose, yeah. uh, Mark, at this stage, you know, a lot of us are feeling angry at what's going on in the world. A lot of us are feel, feeling anxious. A lot of us are willing and willing and willing normal life to return. Are we too caught up in this? Like, what would be your suggestion for us now, living now in this kind of heightened state of when, it'll, when will it all be over? There's no point waiting for it all to be over, really, is there? No, what I would I would say a couple of things, Sinead. I would say firstly that the, one of the most useful things I've ever learned is this whole idea of focusing on what you can control, because there's so much going on out there that we can't control. Um, you know, we we can't control when lockdown is going to end for the coronavirus, even though we can play our part through the social distancing and and respir- respiratory etiquette, hand washing, all that sort of stuff. But we can't control it the economy. There's so much we can't control, but the one thing we can control is our own attitude. And we can control our own commitment to self-care strategies each and every day. We can choose to make sure we get enough sleep. We can choose to exercise and move each day. We can choose to express gratitude each day. We can choose to reach out and connect with friends or people we care about, even online, whether it's a text or a phone call. We can choose to do that because, as you said earlier, and I mean, for me as well, it's one of the things I really miss is just being able to go into a coffee shop and mm. just have a cup of coffee with a friend or with my wife. Just have a have a nice little chat, really a great cup of coffee in a coffee shop. The aroma of that, I miss that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure a lot, everyone is missing lots of things, but if we can focus on what we can control, reach out. We're social creatures. We need we need great 
people around us that can strengthen and support us and encourage us and people that we can share worries and concerns with. It's never good to bottle things up. And do you know what you can control, I think, is really, really important. Oh, very much so. And one of the things, because you've written this book, A Prescription for Happiness, and you've 10 commandments to living a happier and healthier life, I strongly suggest people go out and get this. But one of the things, and you've mentioned it a couple of times during the, the chat here, is gratitude. And this is something that I'm a big advocate for. I always spend the day, now it doesn't have to be, you know, a certain number of things, but I'll always try and go through a list or maybe sometimes it's just one thing, Mark, which depends on the day saying it out loud or to yourself or writing it down this is so powerful I can't stress this enough and you are a big advocate for, of this as well aren't you? I'm a huge advocate because of the science that backs it up Sinead and the science uh, shows that when you express gratitude by that when you by that I mean when you actually take the time to write down uh, maybe three things you feel grateful for you move your brain from that stressed fight or flight state of worry and anxiety and concern and fear, you move it into into the vagus nerve, which is the, the it's the exact opposite to, to negative stress. That's the the space of recharge, of of relaxation, uh, um, of feeling feeling calm and feeling present. So it does that by releasing a lot of brain chemicals. Uh, research from the United States has shown that if you just write down three things you feel grateful for, Sinead, just once a week. Not right. even once a day. If you just do it once a week for 10 weeks, mm. you'll improve and enhance your inner feelings of happiness and fulfillment by at least 10%. Wow. Uh, I, I call gratitude an antidote. It's like, a, it's like a, 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 a vaccine against feelings of stress and anxiety. It isn't possible to feel grateful on the one hand and stressed, anxious or fearful on the other. So and it, it is. is. It's a mood shifter. It, it definitely is. It is. Really, really uh, is. And gratitude, people say, well, what is gratitude? And I mean, gratitude is more than good manners. It's Mm. it's thoughtful. It's intentional. It is uh, choosing to want what you have. And it is choosing to see uh, the good in what you have and see the good in others. And, you know, gratitude can be very, very contagious. And, you know, as as I often say in all my years as a doctor, I often see people, Sinead, that are suffering from stress and anxiety and I mean, I have a big interest in burnout prevention in the workplace. And, you know, you do see people from time to time that are that are bullied or oppressed or put down in life in general, whether it's at work or home or, or elsewhere. Uh, you very rarely see somebody who's been overappreciated, overvalued, mm. <laughs> overrespected. Yeah. Uh, that's a rare currency in this world. <laughs> and, I, and I really think a great opportunity for all of us is to really appreciate more the people around us. I mean, I'm grateful to you, Sinead, for reaching out uh, through the UCD Festival to give me the opportunity to speak to your listeners this morning. And I appreciate you for that. And you, you rang me this morning and, you know, so you, and you did your homework, as it were. Uh, I'm grateful to you for doing that. But I think we, we can all choose to appreciate the people in our lives that, that do so many good things for us. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. And we appreciate you, Mark, for coming on the show with us today. Listen, thank you so, so much for joining me today. People can still get your book, by the way, can't they? Yes, my my, my last book, A Prescription for Happiness, The Ten Commitments for a Healthier, Happier Life, it's available on Amazon. And, um, you know, I think the best definition of happiness I've ever come across is, is someone to love, something to be grateful for, and something to look forward to. And I think, you know, we all need to accept the reality of where we are right now. Uh, but let's all stay grateful 
for who we have in our lives and let's stay hopeful for a brighter, better future for all of us. Dr. Mark Rowe, thank you very, very much for joining me today on uh, Monday Motivation. My pleasure. Thanks a million. There, as he said, Mark said there, you can get the book on Amazon. He's also available, by the way, on, across all social media. So uh, you can get him, Dr. Mark Rowe, anywhere in social media. And if you want some positivity and feel good in your feed, I highly recommend that you follow him. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 